This is uh, page 31, Unit 4, Part 2C, Airway Emergencies. Um, so let's talk about uh, fractured larynx. Not a good injury to sustain. Not, not a good injury. If, um, if you think, if you think throat punching is cool, it's not, it's deadly. Um, the only time I would recommend giving someone a throat punch is if you're pretty certain they're gonna kill you. Uh, because if you throat punch someone and you're not at imminent risk of being murdered yourself, you're probably gonna go to jail for murder or attempted murder, second degree murder for it. It's a lethal injury and it's not immediately lethal but a very high percentage of these pa patients will, if, if you actually fracture their larynx, larynx, they'll die within 30 minutes to an hour, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. So it's serious. Um, <coughs> so mechanisms for fractured larynx. Um, motor vehicle collisions, ATVs, probably higher risk. MVCs, very, very uncommon now because of the airbag deployment, um, but the older model cars without airbags, um, you. Occasionally, we would see someone who struck their neck against the steering wheel. ATV snowmobiles, uh, particularly when um, snowmobilers go off the trail and they uh, get their neck caught on a wire fence. That's one mechanism. Um, hockey puck to the neck. That's why, you know, it's ideally you want to have a, uh, a neck pad. Um, so sports traumas, assaults, strangulations. Uh, penetrating trauma, gunshot, stab to that area. Um, so there'll be swelling in the airway and that swelling um, can reach the point where it completely occludes the airway. And at that point there's really not much you can do. You can't do a surgical crike for that uh, because the damage is right in that area. And um, you can't get a tube into the trachea because the trachea is too narrow, too swollen. Uh, this is why it's a potentially fatal injury, <coughs> very high risk injury and uh, they can lose their airway. My first uh, fractured larynx call was a guy who, um, uh, his only injury was his neck and he didn't even have any redness or visible uh, swelling in the area. He just had a voice that was a little bit hoarse, a little bit off. And uh, when I palpated his neck, it was very tender in that area. And 10 minutes into the trip to the hospital, I could feel subcutaneous air. So air was escaping from his fractured larynx and into the tissues. You could feel the uh, snap, crackle, pop, Rice Krispies feeling around his neck. Um, so um, if that trachea becomes completely disrupted, I'm told that the trachea recoils into the chest and then you'll watch them die. Like they will not survive. Right? There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. So it's, um, if we, um, as advanced care paramedics, if we have someone who's choking, has an airway, foreign body obstruction, and we can't ventilate and we can't clear that airway, one of the procedures we'll do is a needle cricothyrotomy where we put a needle into the cricoid membrane and uh, ventilate through a 14 gauge needle. Totally ineffective, not likely to work, but it's the only thing we can do. But it's contraindicated in this because if the trachea is just hanging on by threads, and you s try to put a needle in there and you disrupt the trachea and the trachea recoils into the chest, they're gone, right? So like, does anyone know, not know what a slinky is? Okay, everyone knows what a slinky is? So your trachea is a little bit like a slinky, a slinky I'm told. Um, 
So signs and symptoms, uh, respiratory distress, neck trauma, strider, dysphonia, so the, uh, an odd voice or hoarseness, dysphagia, so they wouldn't be able to swallow, they might have difficulty swallowing, and um, saliva. Subcutaneous emphysema would be, um, would have a fairly high, remember I talked about sensitivity and specificity? So uh, neck trauma and some alteration in their voice would have a high sensitivity, uh, a moderate specificity. Subcutaneous emphysema in the neck would have a very high specificity. Uh, moderate sensitivity, so we you know, might see it in maybe half of um, patients with fractured larynx, at least initially, uh, but there are very few things that would cause air in the neck, and uh, uh, fractured larynx would be one of them, so very high specificity. So we're gonna put them in a position of comfort. Um, would you put a C-spine on them, C-spine collar on them? I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Uh, if you've got a conscious patient and they've got neck pain, they're probably going to keep their head in neutral alignment anyway, but I wouldn't wrap anything around the neck. Ingrid? Um, I'm wondering if um, someone is, say, throat punched or hit really hard to take down, yeah. how long does it take for it to swell up? Like, if you get some tedious, It just depends on what they've been struck with and how hard they've been struck, right? So it's all dependent on the mechanism. Um, but uh, as I was saying earlier, uh, I would keep this in mind. If they've got a little bit of tenderness, um, they might survive the injury if it's not a hard punch, but I would treat it like they're going to die within an hour. That's how I would treat it. So I would be taken to the hospital, code four, CTAS two. Uh, especially if they've got any alteration in their voice, definitely code four, CTAS two. And ideally to a trauma center, it actually doesn't meet the trauma. There, we have trauma triage criteria where we bypass the closest hospital, go to a trauma center. I don't believe this meets the trauma triage criteria, but I would, uh, I might even pass my base hospital doctor, take them straight to a trauma center. Um, otherwise, if I'm going to the closest hospital, I'm gonna radio ahead to the nurse and I'm gonna tell them we've got someone, we're coming in with someone with a possible fractured larynx who's having difficulty speaking. So they know they're gonna relay that to the doc. The doc's probably gonna call the anesthesiologist in. Because uh, the only way to intubate this patient, the only way to get a tube in the trachea is to do it with a fiber optic scope where you can actually video uh, your way into the trachea. Because you can't go in there blindly. Um, you know, the minute you touch that swollen tissue with a tube or something, they can go into laryngospasm and they may not come out of it. So it's a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous call. It scares the crap out of me. Um, it's a low frequency, high risk call. And uh, like I said, subtle injury, I would take very seriously. You know, someone who's throat punched and they just feel, you know, their voice is a little funny, they feel a little hoarse. Everyone else will think this is minor, but to you it's life threatening. To me it's life threatening. And we're gonna treat it that way. Um, the only thing you might do is just, you might just have them sitting there. If their oxygen saturation is good, they may not need oxygen, so plus or minus oxygen. Um, if you have to ventilate them, if they reach the point where they're having really struggling to breathe um, and they're getting tired, bag valve mass ventilation without an OPA, uh, I wouldn't even bother putting an NPA in. I would just try to bag valve mass them and coordinate it with their breathing pattern. So you'd have to have them sitting up you have to get in behind their head, explain what you're doing, what the mask is, how it works, and you're gonna be assisting their breath, and when they take a breath in, you're gonna squeeze the bag and give them a little more volume in their lungs, and um, you're gonna try to get to the hospital quickly, quickly and safely. Okay, quiz. 
Um, what are some examples of laryngotracheal trauma, laryngeal trauma? Uh, let's see. Okay. I haven't picked on you guys yet, have I? Okay. Ashley. I can't remember your name. Jamie. Jamie. Genevieve. Jamie, Genevieve, and Andrea. Andrea and Nikita. Nikita. I knew your name, I just forgot. <laughs> Sorry. So you're not forgettable. I just okay. it's me. It's not you, it's me. It's not you. It's not you. <laughs> okay, so you guys like talk about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What cause, yeah. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, tell me. Okay. Okay. ATV crash. What else do you say? Snowmobile crash. Hockey puck to the neck. Strangulation. Assault. Neck punch. Multi vehicle collision without airbag. Yep. Good. Baseball to the neck. Softball to the neck. Yeah, those things too. If you if you like softball, there's a paramedic softball tournament in Huntsville every summer. It's a lot of fun. It's a big, big party. It's usually a couple, two, three hundred people there. So everyone gets a hotel room and plays softball all weekend. Big tournament. Um, Chloe. Um, one of my dad's friends uh, died from sneezing and he his face. Like, he sneezed? Yeah. And he fractured his yeah, larynx? Like, really? Yeah. I wonder if he had some kind of structural anomaly because that would be really unusual to fracture your larynx from just a sneeze but but that should be a take-home message <laughs> when you sneeze don't hold it I do it all the time <laughs> let it out <laughs> let it out right <laughs> don't blow your trachea don't blow a berry aneurysm in your head don't blow abdominal aneurysm <laughs> let it out let it out I, I tend to hold it in a bit but you gotta let some of it out anyway Ingrid If you what? Tickle from your mouth really? Eh? Okay, I'm going to try that next time. What's what's that trivia question to say you can't sneeze with your eyes closed or open. Oh, open? You can't sneeze with your eyes <laughs> open. That's what I meant. <laughs> That's what I meant. Don't try it because you don't want to blow your trachea, blow a berry aneurysm, or blow your eyeballs out. It's not. Is that true? Is that seriously? And he died from it. Was he with people? Okay, so he had a witness. So he was alone? So they must have just assumed from the injury that... Oh, she witnessed a sneeze. Yeah. Because, hold on, shh. Because he what? Right, they were camping. So he sneezed, and, and then he was immediately in in distress. Yeah. Right. 
Wow, that's bizarre. That's really bizarre. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Oh, stabbing, GSW, gunshot wound, other. I should add, I should add some others to this, right? Like, uh, hockey. Jockey, whoops. <laughs> it's two words when we're talking about the ball, right? Um, signs and symptoms of laryngeal injury, respiratory distress, obvious trauma to the anterior neck, strider, hoarseness, dysphonia. I like that word dysphonia. It means uh, uh, difficulty speaking, dysphonia. Dysphagia, what does dysphagia mean? Difficulty swallowing, as opposed to dysphasia, which is with an S, is difficulty speaking. So we said, Brian? Yeah, difficulty speaking, yeah. Dysphagia. Dysphasia. Subcutaneous emphysema would be if you were, had any doubts in your mind whether there was a tracheal injury or not, uh, if there was subcutaneous emphysema, you know for certain there's a tracheal tracheal disruption, tracheal fracture, um, laryngeal fracture. How we manage a patient with partial obstruction from an injured larynx? Uh, get the out of there. Position of comfort, oxygenate PRN, so PRN only as needed. If they're satting, fine, BVM PRN, so if they're breathing on their own, they're able to speak in you know, more than three words, just transport and um, be prepared for the worst case scenario. And if they die, it's not your fault. That's what you gotta remember. <laughs> <laughs>